fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 22, and Josh, if you make a Taylor Swift reference, I will kick you off the episode right now. Well, uh, I'm proud to say that I wasn't going to until you said something. And Don't now tempt I'm me, man. Fighting, Don't tempt me. And now I'm fighting the urge, too. <laughs> oh, man. How you doing today, bud? Whoa, you're mixing it up. I'm, yeah. I'm not too bad. It's been a little crazy at work. Like, it has, but it hasn't been. We were saying today is, like, slow but busy at the same time. It's it's yeah. weird. Um, Yeah, not too bad. I feel like I need a vacation, but I always feel like I need a vacation. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm, I'm in this weird scenario where I have two days off in the middle of the week. Um, and so because of that, I actually get to relax. Because normally, on, you know, I have, I have, you normally have Saturdays and Sundays off. But, you know, between shows and traveling and whatnot, like, I don't get any time to actually relax. So this has been... I have a lot of cleaning to do, but that'll be getting done tomorrow because <laughs> I took today and I was like, I am just going to relax all day. So it's been, a, it's been a pretty good day. See a movie or something. Um, that would require me to have money. So instead that is I, stayed true. Home, I stayed home and caught up on Russell, Russell talk, did some laundry and uh, yeah. All righty. Well, let's get everyone else at home caught up on movie news. Cause boy, I was thinking we weren't going to have a lot to discuss. But seems like a lot has popped up recently. First of all, most importantly, this is the podcast that I'm starting. So this is the thing that matters most to me. That's why we're talking about this first. Psych is getting another movie. Can I get a can I get a hallelujah? (laughs) So I love the show. Definitely not as much as you do because you I don't don't think anybody does because I have unhealthy loves for psych. Oh, totally. But I actually never had the opportunity to watch the first movie. Uh, Heather's sitting next to me just going, uh, as am I. The movie was not as good as the show. It was well, not nearly not. as good as it could have been either. Yeah. So, but Zachary I mean, Levi was in it, and he was great. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, if they're making – if the first one wasn't that good and they're making a second one, that almost feels like a cash grab to me. But, you know – I don't care. It's psych. Means, yeah. By all means. Why not? I mean we can we can make movies just about just about anything these days, I'm including – Nightwing. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, Hulk Hogan's going to get a movie, so why not? Oh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, um, <laughs> oh, I'm super excited to see the characters from Psych again. Um, I think one of the reasons why they'll do another psych movie, why they said they're doing another one, is so I know you haven't seen it, but uh, Lasseter isn't really in the first one a whole lot. He's in a very, very brief cameo. I think that's because Timothy Amundsen had some health complications at the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to include him more this time around. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I I've, I I love all the characters, so, it, you know, by all means, bring everybody in. My only request is bring back either Freddie Prince Jr. from the Alien episode or Tim Curry as Nigel St. Nigel from the American Duos episode. Oh, the, Tim Curry, by all means. he's not, That's one of my favorite episodes because of him. If I'm introducing people to Psych, I show them the American Duos episode first. No, yeah, because it's it's the perfect mix of everything that is Psych. Yeah, 
I feel like I've been incarcerated in a blueberry. <laughs> so, needless to say, I'm super hyped. I will absolutely be checking this movie out, even if it is going to be a TV movie, but I don't care. I'm always down for more psych, and I still haven't forgiven them for abruptly canceling the show in season eight, but bring on more TV movies. I'm totally down with that. Something I don't know if I'm down with that you mentioned earlier, Chris Hemsworth has been cast as Hulk Hogan in a biopic movie that's going to be airing on Netflix, directed by the guy that's doing the Joker standalone movie. That's, um... It's an interesting combo you got going there. Hey, man, it's like the, it's like we always joke about, it's literally like you picked up cards in a Cards Against Humanity or an Apple to Apples type game. And it's your yeah. random luck of the draw. I mean, Chris Hemsworth definitely has the acting ability, sure. Uh, two questions. He's already a better actor than Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Uh, two questions. One, um, who was asking for a Hulk Hogan biopic? Hulk Hogan. Uh, two, um, are how specific are they going to be? Because <laughs> uh, this could either go really well, oh, or no. people or the world is going to be like, "Oh, we hate Hulk Hogan now." I mean, I've hated Hulk Hogan for a long time, but I think to me the question will be, how involved is WWE? Because yes. if you if WWE is involved, you know they're going to want to sugarcoat the crap out of it and be like, Hulk Hogan was great for the business. He was the greatest wrestler of all time. He was, he is Mr. Wrestling, which from a name standpoint, Hulk Hogan is probably the biggest name in wrestling ever, besides maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin. But make no mistake about it, he's a horrible human being. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, from any, anywhere from uh, being not so subtly racist to uh, just burying talent, like he's, and just not even talking about his the the other allegations, like he's he's steroids, yeah, and among other things, and just like he's not exactly like the best person to do a biopic over around. Granted, we just did one on Dick Cheney, so. Why not, I guess? Yeah, I just don't know where, where the story is for this. Is it how much of a dick he is and like, holding well, Dick Cheney, like you just mentioned? Is it how much yeah. of a dick he is of holding younger talent down? Is it, like, there's different eras I could think of, uh, like maybe him jumping ship to WCW, maybe the steroid trial, the Gawker trial. Yeah. It's got a lot of trials now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. it just, I, none of this makes sense to me. The only thing, the only thing I can think of, is I don't know if Hulk Hogan saw and heard about fighting with my family, and was like, if uh, quote unquote nobody like Paige can get a, uh, a movie, then I definitely can get a movie. It's pro- you watch, we're gonna find out next week. This movie is produced by Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, and it's basically, oh brother. Oh, we got this fighting with my family, and you, you brother, Vince, Vince, brother, you're gonna, you're getting your own movie. I, I want a movie too, brother, and I want to be put over strong in this movie, brother. Yeah, because exactly. Is it weird that this whole time that we're getting a quote unquote Hulk Hogan movie played by Chris Hemsworth of all people, which admittedly someone did a quick Photoshop job and 
he actually looks pretty solid as Hulk Hogan. I saw a quick, like, this is what he could look like. I was like, actually, that works pretty well. But this whole time I'm thinking, where's the Vince McMahon movie? <laughs> that's coming. No, that's, that's, that's that on its way. is in pre-production. I'm literally asking, where is this? This has been in development longer than the Hulk Hogan movie, which seemingly comes out of nowhere. Like, I, the rumor was Bradley Cooper was attached to be playing a young Vince McMahon and him more or less taking over the wrestling industry, more or less through very dirty tactics and buying it out from his dad and going against his father's wishes. Yeah. Which, honestly, is it's not bad. That, that's a great story for a movie, but oh, guarantee... Yeah. as long as WWE Vince, is not involved and... Exactly. Vince will never... How he will much Vince, never want that story told. Oh, yeah. Vince... Vince it want, would want the movie to be shown as him as a conquering hero. I saved wrestling and you all owe your allegiance to me. Instead of yeah. he never proved that he was a good enough promoter or good enough person. Holy crap, Vince might be Triple H. <laughs> oh, man. But Vince has always been sketchy, and if you don't have his involvement, it could be a very interesting movie. I, it I'm really saying, could. I'd much, rather be, I'd much rather watch a Vince McMahon movie than a Hulk Hogan movie, and that's saying something. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'd rather, uh, rather speaking watch of both things of those, I, though, than yeah, speaking Space of things Jam I don't want to watch. I, I, speaking of things I don't want to watch. <laughs> hey, man, you put it in the notes, buddy. Uh, so, so, Space Jam 2, according uh, to LeBron, it's going to be filming starting this summer. Why? I don't want this to happen, but we all knew it was going to happen. I just don't understand. Now, okay. It's Look, part of thing. LeBron James's quest to prove that he's better than Michael Jordan. Well, of course. Of course. But uh, here's the thing. Is they really do have some great opportunities to tell an interesting story. Do they? I mean, Looney Tunes isn't what it used to be, right? It's non-existent. It's, it's yeah, by, exactly my point. But LeBron is still, quote-unquote, on top of everything. So, I mean, for a in this instance, let's assume that they do the exact same plot, which is probably going to happen. But let's assume that, you know, this, this dying world of Looney Tunes needs a savior in some form of basketball. And, I mean, who, who, who would you go grab? You'd go grab LeBron, right? I mean, I don't know. It, it I think could they be can mix it up a little bit this time, story-wise. Maybe, like, one or two of the Looney Tunes themselves are already captured. And, like, yeah. hey, LeBron, help us get Bugs Bunny back. Or help us get Michael Jordan back. Yeah, something crazy like that. Absolutely. But, like, I, I'm not going to be sitting here and looking for, like, some kind of Inception-level storytelling. It's but there's Looney definitely Tunes. something... Yeah, there's definitely something uh, to be said that it's possible. But, you know, I, I still don't want it to happen, but whatever. Okay, for you personally, are you more interested in seeing the LeBron James Space Jam 2 or the LeBron James produced Friday the 13th? Wow, you're really, really going to put me in that kind of corner, huh? Nobody puts baby in a corner. Exactly. 
well, unfortunately, I'm probably going to have to say Space Jam 2. <laughs> really? Why is that? Uh, a, I've never liked, really liked Friday the 13th. Which so, reminds me, I got to send you something when we're done with the show tonight. Absolutely. Um, and having LeBron produce it doesn't make me t- is any more excited for that. So Now, Sp- put on your Space Morbius Jam. meme. What if I told you Jason Blum was producing Friday the 13th? Uh, dang it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, God, man, Nathan, you can't be doing this kind of stuff to me. <laughs> I'd probably have to go Friday the 13th if you're, if you're going to put that on <laughs> What if on Jason table. Blum produced Space Jam? Then we're all screwed. That's, uh, <laughs> Space Jam 2 is, uh, is now a horror movie. Congrats. Oh. You could totally make a horror movie out of the Looney oh, Tunes. Oh, easily. Are you kidding me? Like, all of a sudden, the, the all the Looney Tunes, the ability to um, regenerate their bodies, all of a sudden, that ability is gone. That would be terrifying. Uh, wouldn't it? Like, just imagine the kind of stuff that they go through. Man. Uh. Well, you know what else has been terrifying? Production on the standalone Batman movie directed by Matt Reeves. Yes. However, it has recently seemed to be getting some some steam finally. Yeah, because Batfleck is finally gone. Well, yeah. Regardless, which it's really funny. I don't know if you're how much you're on Instagram or Twitter, but uh, Snyder has been very vocal on how um, Ben Affleck was his favorite Batman. Yeah, he's been saying a lot of weird things lately, like just he. Just posting some random like behind the scenes pictures from like Justice League or like how great he l- loved Ben Affleck's Batman or like Gal Gadot posted something. He's like, you're always going to be my Wonder Woman. It, it kind of comes across a lot as like, I don't know, like not being able to let the past go. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really made anything great. Oh, he's, he's working on something now. He's going back to zombie movies. Oh, yay, I guess. And by that, I mean, like, actual zombie, not, like, Rob Zombie. Oh, man. <laughs> Although that might be a good pairing. Uh, Zack Snyder's totally visuals with Rob Zombie's weird storytelling. Oh, dude. And Rob Zombie's ability to write a really compelling hor- horror flick? Like, yeah. He's wrote I'm compelling down. horror flicks? Um, okay, outside of the Halloween movies, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Like uh, thirty one House of, the, of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, bro, they're they're pretty good. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say they're all bangers, but you know, oh, there, there's some good ones in there. Fair enough. Getting back to the topic, we were talking about yes. the Batman, <laughs> and it had some movement. Now, keep in mind these are rumors, and quote unquote, it has been shot down by the actor in question. But um, I don't buy it. I think this guy knows something. I think there's smoke. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There's rumors that Army Hammer is our next Bruce Wayne slash Batman. First of all, great name. Love that name. I. So they're doing something to me right now, right? So they, they, they the names we've heard so far are Army Hammer, Robert Pattinson, and Ben Barnes. Um, now I know you're still saying staying on the edge of the you know that there's going to be like a no name or or, or a, a dark horse, but like thinking of like all of my complaints of why I wouldn't do Ben Barnes or, or Robert Pattinson. I mean, Army Hammer's a much bigger, 
he's got a great chin. Um, he's 32, think, so he's probably right in that age range. Yeah, right in that age range where they're wanting. My issue <laughs> is his acting ability. <laughs> or he's not a bad actor. He's just picked some bad movies. L- Lone Ranger. Okay, name one besides the Lone Ranger. I've never seen this. I've never, I had never heard of Army Hammer until Lone Ranger. Man from Uncle, The Social Network. Um, oh, he's he a Man the, of Uncle. Yeah, he teamed up with Henry Cavill. Oh, he's the Russian. Yeah. How did I not catch that? Because huh. you dumb. I mean, well, that's the obvious thing, but. <laughs> All right, well, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see. We we shall see. Um, yeah, he's the uh, Winklevoss twins in Social Network as well. Huh. So the there's more that. more you know. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, you know, may, this might, he might be our... <laughs> might be our best option right now, honestly. Yeah. He himself has come out and said, no one with any form of power has contacted me. Which I'm just going, that's exactly what they would tell you to say. <laughs> get your, get your tinfoil hat off. Uh, oh, but, you know yeah. I have a bigger tinfoil hat for other topics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, so, like, I, I, that makes me, if he becomes Batman, that's fine. That opens up me to, to, to fan cast Green Lantern again. Because he was rumored for a long time to be uh, Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. I think if they cast him, it's Warner Brothers finally getting their person. Like, he was yeah. cast 13 years ago to be Batman in Justice League Mortal that never got made by um, the guy that did Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. So Warner Brothers would be like, we finally got him 13 mm-hmm. years later. Which, but then you say that, and again, that feels more like Warner Bros. being like, we want this person as Batman, and it's just not working over and over and over again. And then, oh, here's this chance. Let's throw Army Hammer's name out there again. Well, you know what I mean? I, not, that's I'm going to shoot a- that down, though, because Warner Brothers has done this before with our boy Henry Cavill. He that's was almost fair. Superman in Superman Returns, but he lost out to Brandon Routh. That's fair. He was the runner-up well, for that. He was also the runner-up to Daniel Craig as Bond before he ultimately lost that role as well. Hmm. Before well, Superman, Henry yeah. Cavill was always the bridesmaid but never the bride. Now he's the <laughs> bride who can't get a sequel. Well, and to be fair, I guess, you know, Henry Cavill and Army have have, uh, have worked together before. Yep. And, and that size difference Marvel. actually, yeah, and that size difference would work too. Because mm-hmm. isn't Cavill taller than Hammer? Uh, I think so. But also, physically, they kind of look similar, which in the comics, it's always like a running joke that Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent look so similar. They're yeah. drawn very similar to each other as well. Yeah. It could be, I mean, it could be interesting because that is that was my one like concern with Ben Barnes was that I didn't feel like he was big enough or that he was too tall and lanky. But you know, we, we, if they're going with a more detective Batman, then and maybe that's what they need to do. I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I have no say in the matter. So, you know, they're going to do who they're who they're going to pick. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Well, now we have some DC news that honestly 
makes me happy. I don't know about you, but it makes me very, very happy. Two-parters, both of them involving Jared Leto's Joker. First of all, the Joker and Harley Quinn movie supposedly is now off the table and it's done. We're not getting it anymore. Uh, it's supposed to be like a messed up rom-com between with Joker and Harley, which I always thought that was a bad idea and you're misinterpreting this whole dynamic of the characters, mainly just to sell merchandise at Hot Topic. And also, yeah. it's also being rumored that Jared Leto is now out of the DCEU as Joker. Hold mm-hmm. on. Give me 15 minutes to go celebrate in the streets. <laughs> so, I might have been one of the few people that, while it is not my favorite performance, still enjoyed, on a certain level, Leto's performance as the Joker. What about it? Uh, there's... It was different. It was different than anything else we've ever had. And I appreciated that. Granted, I haven't seen the um, the extended cut where supposedly he gets more more screen time. But I've also heard that doesn't make as big of a – that doesn't really make a difference in his It really doesn't. And that's fine. Um, There's certain little things that he does that I enjoy. Like when he – uh, I feel like – I think it's like a hiss or whatever when they're inter- interrogating that uh, prison guard. Um, the way that he approaches that that specific scene, I really like. But, you know, he's he's definitely not the best. And honestly, the he's too flashy. There's no room for, for the gangster Joker in um, in the DCU right now. Or there's just no room for him. Period. And I'm totally fine with that. I think he he was burned by Suicide Squad. Like he, I believe he was promised something, and it, that was more or less not in the final cut of the film. Like I think yeah. they did have different intentions for Joker, and it just didn't pan out. He's moved on, yeah. clearly, as he's going to be playing Morbius in the Morbius standalone movie in the not-quite-Spider-verse. Yeah. In the Venom-verse, I'll call it. So I think he's moved on to that instead, and it's probably for the best because at best, at best, Jared Leto's Joker may have been divisive. At worst, he's the worst live-action Joker thus far. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Some some of it might have been the director. Um, You know, we don't know as far. I mean, it, it is Jared Leto, and he is crazy, but, you know, it's... Some part of that, part of his the on-screen performance could have very much been just the director, which is entirely possible. But, you know, it is what it is. He's gone. That's fine. Well, we can move on now. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about the Joker and Harley movie that got canceled? Um, a messed up rom-com could potentially have been interesting. By, when I say messed up, I mean you see everything from Harley, especially like if you do this movie before Birds of Prey. Um which obviously you can't do that now, but um, do it in a sense where it is a messed up rom-com where you do see Harley falling in love, but then actually tell the the story of Descent. Show like how unhealthy Joker is to her and how Stockholm Syndrome she is up up and all the way almost to the end. You know what I mean? Like show that this isn't a relationship that is healthy. Because people will find that more interesting than be, than being blinded by, oh, they have the best love there is. No, because they don't. I don't yeah. know, man. Like she's crazy, but she's crazy in the wrong ways. 
and so is he. So, I mean, it's it, it could have been an interesting love story to tell from Harley's perspective. And really, that's the only way I can see that movie like that working. True. A moment I would have liked to have seen, but we'll never, ever get this in a live-action movie. Harley killing the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so That, hey, like that said, doesn't it, sell merch. So. No, it doesn't. You know what might sell merch, though? Doom Patrol! Oh, bro. (laughs) So, I have to say that I'm pretty proud of myself. Because I saw this before you. (laughs) One whole day! I was traveling! I know, but, like, it. regardless, like, that never happens. Like, ever. True. I never see things. So, since you saw it first, you get to explain it. First. Yes. So part of the reason I saw it first was I found out the DC uh, app has the ability to download episodes. Yeah, so, but not which movies, which I think is BS. I agree. However, I, w- I was able to get all caught up on Young Justice and watch the, the Doom Patrol pilot because of it. So Doom Patrol is <laughs> – it's in a way a spinoff from what what you see in the Titans show. But it's definitely happening. The show opens with way before that moment. Yeah, it's like the island of misfit toys. If they were superheroes, like these but guys are even, rejects, castaways. Yeah, it's, like rejects in every form. They're freaks, essentially. So this feels more like a DC comic book. The, the ones that I grew up – I remember growing up and reading was not just like because of the language or anything like that but like and or the excessive uh, sexual content. This show, this show is yes, not going to be Fraser, for – Yes, Yeah, this show is not going to be for kids at all. And they make that very clear um, in, in like within the first like 10, 15 minutes. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, however – that's not it's they don't do it in the in a way like Deadpool where sometimes it feels well they just put that in there to throw to do it like just because it's you know you're Deadpool you can get away with anything like everything that they do has a reason and cheese does it have an emotional payoff whether that be positive or negative oh dude i never thought in my entire life Brendan Fraser, anything involving Brendan Fraser would make me tear up. Bro, this is, and I think that's, that. That's this is the story right now of Doom Patrol is that Brendan Fraser, first of all, the cast is amazing. Oh, yeah. Everybody, all the, everybody that, that they, they've got for characters is fantastic character-wise and actor-wise. Yeah, but um, everyone's in Brendan Fraser's shadow so far. Holy crap, dude, this is his holy show holy crap. I think I remember texting you you after you saw it, and we're like, "Where was this Brendan Fraser? Like, where has he been? Because this he is acting his butt off. Holy crap!" And which is amazing because it's mainly voice work. Hmm. I mean, it just and the way that this his story, his character's story, is told throughout this first episode, just like immediately, like yeah, like you kind of are a piece of crap. But oh yeah, like, he starts off as one of the worst people. It was just like, how can I ever root for you? And then by the end of it, you feel for this guy so hard. Oh, totally. Which is why I think 
and I'm pro- I'm don't think I'm going to be wrong. They're going to do that, like do that for all of the characters. Oh, definitely. This feels you like you have to. It feels like a family unit. Yeah, and it's weird that it feels more like a family unit and family union. Family unit. Words. Words. Words are hard. I get dropped on my head a lot. Um. It feels more like a family unit than like Justice League did. In fact, like dude, it feels more like a family unit be... than any of the Fantastic Four movies. Uh, yeah, or even any of the Avengers movies. Just like you feel like these people are all that they have, and they're all here for each other. I mean, and I think even like thinking back to the episode, this first season or half season or whatever it is of uh, of Titans. Uh, it, they were building that feeling of family and that these teams aren't built off of, well, we happen to be here, so let's just be a team then, even though that is sometimes the case. But even then, they're still building that feeling of family, that reason to defend each other. I like that they all have their own crap, but they don't try and change each other's crap. They're like, well, here's what you are. We accept yeah. that. Oh, absolutely! Like this, this show is all first episode already one of my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> it's so good. I hope they keep up this momentum. I'm really, I'm really curious to see the direction the rest of the show goes. Something that I don't know if it's necessarily a huge story, but it's something to touch on. Star Wars Episode Nine, whatever it may be titled, Star Wars Episode Nine has wrapped filming, so now it's just post production and all hype. Yep. Choo choo all aboard the hype train. That just that tells me that we're getting a trailer. I would be wouldn't be surprised in the next three months. Uh April is when I pay April. it. Star Wars mm. celebration in Chicago. Hey, look at that. I was right. That's in two months. <laughs> so people are like, it's gonna be attached to the endgame trailer, to which I'm just going, no duh. But before Endgame comes out, Star Wars Celebration is at the beginning of the month, so it's probably there. Yep. yep. Um any thoughts, Star Wars Nine wise? Did this, did you see the picture that J.J. Abrams put out with the cast? Uh, I don't think I it did. It was like Ray, but... Finn, and Poe hugging on like a desert planet. Oh yes, okay, I did see that, but like that, that was like up the anything end for you? Because for me, even as a Star Wars fan, I was just like, oh, that's cool. Nothing. Yeah, no, that doesn't tell me anything. Like they're already best friends in the sh- in the in the series, so it also, doesn't. Something people kind of misinterpret is like, oh. It's a it's just something that has to do with the ending of them all saying goodbye. I'm like, movies, spoiler alert, are shot out of sequence. This could be the beginning of the movie or the mini, middle of the movie. All we know is there's three of them are going to be on a desert planet at some point. Yeah, well, exactly. And they could very easily like, – that's the last day of fil- filming, man. Like, And all three of these guys have been on this journey since you know day one with, with uh, Force yeah, Awakens. 2014? Yeah, so they this is this is going to be this is the wrap of a of a journey for them. So I totally get that. Do you think that, that is that's going to be emotional? Do you think the um, title for Star Wars Nine will come out before the trailer, or do you think it'll be like Endgame of it'll be attached to the end of the trailer? I would like it to be at the end of the trailer, but I can I just... see. It. I think the title of it will be announced ahead of time. I think it'll be leaked. I wouldn't be surprised in this day and age. Everything and, gets leaked. Yeah, 
I don't want it to be. I would really, really like it to be revealed at the end of the trailer. I think that's the, your best possible way because then you have images and you have a have an emotional like response to images attached to that name as opposed to, hey, it's going to be, I don't know, like Star Wars Episode Nine, Galaxy's End or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, Well, it, I can tell you for a fact it's not going to be Galaxy's End. You want to know how I know that? Star Wars Land coming to Disneyland and Disney World is called Galaxy's Edge. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. but I mean, but that's my point though. It's like I would rather the it be attached to the end of the trailer because that's to me what Endgame got got me more hyped. Is I, we didn't know the name of of the movie until the end of that trailer, and then I had all these images. And this emotion to, to attach to that name so that I can get more hyped about it. Yeah. I, I'm sure we'll do a trailer predictions of like what we'll, what we'll see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the title gets leaked beforehand yeah. and then we'll get the actual trailer at Celebration. I'm, I'm excited for this trailer. I don't know. I kind of need it to be amazing to get, not necessarily to get me hyped for Star Wars, but to give me some form of direction as to where the story is going. Yeah, I agree. Well, we have two Marvel stories, and then we'll get to our main discussion. One of them is sad for people. The other one, I don't care. I kind of actually am happy about this. Um, And the one that I'm happy about is Gwyneth Paltrow has come out and said that after Endgame, her time as Pepper Potts is done. Thank God. I... I may be in a minority here. I never cared for her pepper pots. Wait, she was still in the MCU? Exactly. There was like that like, time period that everyone just kind of assumed that she was gone. And then she popped back up in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, like we hadn't seen her since since uh, Iron Man 3. And that's been a, like that's like real, real years. Like that's been actually a couple of years. Yeah, that was what, 2015, <laughs> I think? Yeah, that was a while ago. So, uh, yeah, um, that might have been a spoiler there, Gwyneth. In a, no, because she in was week. in Infinity War. He, mm, yeah. Because remember, but, um, she was, uh, Tony had that dream about not peeing and having a kid. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. But does that mean her character is getting killed? And if that's the case... I don't think so. Because she said... I need- I think this is the spoiler. So, spoiler alert. She said she'd be open to coming back for cameos. Oh. That, to me, implies that she's not dying. Doesn't Either mean Iron Man can't could. die. I want them both to die. I need them I need them both to die. I've never cared for Pepper Potts. I know a lot of people like her and Tony's relationship, and they think they make a really good pair. I've never really cared for them. In terms of comic book couples, um... I like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in the Amazing Spider-Man movies a lot better. I like, um, I can think of a couple other couples, but I, I don't know. I just never really cared for her Pepper Potts, and so many people do. If you do, awesome, good for you. I've never cared for Gwyneth Paltrow or Pepper Potts. So this move, this news, everyone's like, oh, that's sad. I'm like, whatever, sure. Yeah. Okay. It, now the for the sad that- stuff. Bye, yeah. Punisher. Bye, Jessica Jones. I feel so, like we well, called this. We did, actually, we, back we did, in October. But now it's yeah. officially gone. Jessica Jones yeah. and the Punisher have been canceled. 
Well, what's funny to me is everybody's acting surprised. I know. Like how you you don't? How did you not know? Like how would you not know? Like Daredevil, Iron Fist, like the and, and I mean the uh, Defenders is basically and Luke Cage. There it is. Is are gone. Why wouldn't why would you not take away Punisher and Jessica Jones? Those, that just makes sense. Why wouldn't you take all of them away? Yeah, I don't know. I know you were kind of holding out hope that they kept Punisher, but it's like no, they're getting rid of everything, clean slate. Yeah, they were just waiting yeah. for these shows to drop on Netflix and then officially announce it. Yeah, which I mean, hey, that that's fine with me in on certain ways. Um, that leaves I don't know his actual name. All I know is his as is him from uh, as Shane from John Barenthal. Uh, yep. Okay. Barenthal. Um, all I know is I really like his his version of Punisher, and I really like him as Frank Castle. So I wouldn't mind if you know the MCU was to bring the Punisher to light. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind be surprised though it. if it's a deal similar to the Daredevil and Iron Fist situation of due to Netflix negotiations, they wouldn't be able to use those characters for another two or three years. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But like, I, and that's what I'm saying. Though, is I wouldn't mind him coming back as Punisher. In really two or three years, that leaves us n- enough time to forget that he played them, play, played him, and then just be like, oh yeah, he did that, didn't he? Yeah. I love how we're just talking Punisher and nothing at all about Jessica Jones. Um, I watched the first series, season and that was that was good enough for me. Yeah, I think the Netflix, Marvel Netflix stuff is just so fascinating to watch. I remember when it first came out, it had Daredevil season one. It was all the rage. Everyone had to watch it that first weekend. It's so awesome. I remember everyone in the dorm. Did you see Daredevil? Did you see Daredevil? And then with each passing show and each passing season of each show, the interest became non-existent to the point of just like everyone was kind of, eh. Yeah. Because they started so red hot. And then once people started to realize this may not actually be connected to the Avengers, like I've been saying since day one, that they kind of, the quality dipped over time. The interest dipped over time, and the realization that it wasn't connected really hurt them. But it's mainly yeah. Disney having their own streaming service. They do, Netflix doesn't want competition, essentially. Yeah, which I don't blame them. It just leaves uh, what's his name again? Jordan, Bar- right? Jordan, the guy that plays Punisher, John Barenthal. Okay. Anyway, um, it just leaves him open to play Lobo now. Lobo? Really? I'm I'm gonna get a Lobo if it kills me, okay? <laughs> yes, but I don't know if I see John Barenthal. He seems like a great Punisher. Lobo needs to have a lot more charisma than John Barenthal has. Okay, maybe. Then okay, then let's fantasy cast him then. Again, he's too old, but John uh, Danny Trejo would have been a great Lobo. Well, yeah, no, I'm sorry, not Lobo. Barenthal. Who would you cast him as? Oh, well, definitely now. a villain. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Craven the Hunter, maybe? Mm, yeah, I can see that, especially because I got this feeling that, that I'm never going to get what I want, which is Gerard Butler as Craven the Hunter. Dude, um, you're welcome for that idea. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, you jerk. Um, although I wouldn't mind if I got... Um, 
uh, Idris Elba as Craven. That'd be a very um, different, but I'd still be down for that. Although Who knows? I wouldn't, they I never totally thought we'd get Fishbowl Head Mysterio and look what we got. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I don't know why, and this the, the pun is half intended, but um, I kind of can smell them bringing up Craven soon. I would, I would like them to bring in Craven, but I don't know. We'll have to see, I guess, where John Barenthal yeah, ends up, where Jessica Jones ends up, or if they're just going to end up like Iron Fist, Daredevil, and the rest of them and just kind of in a constant state of limbo. Yeah. <laughs> well, our main discussion but, today... But, 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 mm-hmm. Before I transition, but, but, what did you sorry, were you about to say? Point on the- no, I uh, before we transition, I'm sorry. The the one thing that I have always complained about with the Spider-Man movies is how he's ne- he has yet outside of Shield and the Avengers to actually interact with any of the other New York superheroes. Yeah, for now. For now. And, but that like that to me that's how you bring in Daredevil and Luke Cage and everybody else, but you know. If and he's going to interact Four. with anybody, I could see him interacting with Doctor Strange, actually. Yes. So, well, because he already has, hasn't he? In that little scene in Infinity War. But, yeah, I could see him crossing paths because they both are oh, yeah. New York people. Re- really, at this point, we're just trying to bring uh, the TV show star- starring Drake Bell to life. Yes. <laughs> anyway, transitioning. Transitioning now, there wasn't really anything that came up this week that we're like, oh, that needs to be a discussion topic. So we were just like, you know what? What has shaped us as movie fans um, for Josh and I? We both have our own list of what movies have influenced us the most for our love of film and what what has left the most lasting impact. This may not necessarily be our favorites, but ones that have impacted us the most and we have the most emotional attachment to. But before we get to that, Josh, do you have a sponsor for us this week? Um, I, I do not, unfortunately. Um, I got one. I'll go with this episode is sponsored by Porgs. The best thing about The Last Jedi, fight me. Okay, you said Porg, right? Porg. Got it, okay. Porg. <laughs> As I'm I have drinking hearing, out of I'm my sorry. big, huge Porg mug. <laughs> I, man, I just really love my Porg posters. Anyway, um... <laughs> let's let's uh, move into our discussion before I make any uh, inappropriate jokes. You never. <laughs> yeah. So I have several, but why don't you start us off first? Absolutely. Uh, you want to just kind of do? Uh, I'll do one. You do one. Sure. That way we uh, keep everything even, you know. Yeah. Um. So one of the I'm gonna I I put my list down in the notes because I have a terrible memory and I'm always gonna be like, oh no, that movie really affected me. Or, I really like that. Like that movie really affected me. Or I have good memories with that one. So I'd rather I went and like made a list of the ones that I know for a fact that I, I wanted to talk about. Um. One of the two of the I'm gonna kind of squeeze two of them in. Um, two of the movies I grew up on um, were my dad's actually favorite movies when he was my age growing up and he first started watching movies. Um, and that's The the Man from Snowy River and Iron Will. Um, I have met very few people who have seen both. I've seen I've met more people that have seen Iron Will than, than uh, A Man from Snowy River. Uh, a Man from Snowy River, it takes place in Australia and it's about a guy who is good with horses 
and his dad is killed and he has to find a way to basically make a living and keep his fa- father's place up in the mountains, up, uh, up in the snow rivers. And so he goes down to the valley and finds a way of, of, of life as a ranch hand and it kind of goes from there. Um, basically, it's just a story about a guy who re- he's really good at riding horses. <laughs> but it, the the movie has a lot more heart than that. Um, it, I have a lot of fond memories of it growing up and watching it with my dad and my brothers. And just like legitimately like when the um, – the theme for it hits anywhere. I've, I've ha- I have it randomly on my Spotify and it'll just randomly hit every now and then. And I'm just, all of a sudden I get really pumped. I'm like, yeah, like stuff's going to happen. Let's go. Um, if you've never seen iron will, it's, uh, kind of actually the kind of same kind of story in some ways. It takes place in Alaska. Um, it's about a dog sled race. Uh, will is loses his dad. Because him and his dad like to r- r- race bobsled uh, dog sleds, and uh, his dad falls into a creek and dies. So that's that's cool. Um, and that's in the trailer for the movie. So no, I didn't what is just with spoil you in these you. wilderness dead dad movies. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> like I said, like I didn't realize until talking about it. These movies were very similar. I'm picking um, up a theme here. Yeah, I know, right? But um, Your parents okay, man? <laughs> no, yeah, my parents are fine, <laughs> despite my efforts. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it, it's it's a movie again with a lot of heart. It's it's very much that old age, not old age, but in my opinion, that golden age of, of cinema storytelling. It's not it doesn't pull from anything that I know of it at least. It's just this original organic story that somebody has written about a boy coming of age. And Iron Will t- is basically, yeah, like it's, it kind of rushes the beginning, but he's good at bobsledding, uh, sorry, dog sledding. And he enters this race in order to get money to save his mom and his, his dad's farm, basically, because his dad's dead and can't, you know, make, any, make enough money to hold the farm down. So he enters the race and like all this other, all this stuff happens. Um, and he's obviously the underdog because he's a no name. So it's, it, <laughs> If you've seen it, you know why. Like it's it's on that list. It these two movies specifically introduced me to the idea of a good story, and the 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 fact that if you don't have a good story, it doesn't matter how good your actors are. It doesn't matter how good your score is. Your story is your central. Your story and your uh, th- um, your cinematography is your central building blocks of a movie and yeah that's the, these that right, the academy awards yeah um and you know without those your like movies just are boring and that's i think why i enjoyed these so much is they play to the fields really well and they know how to they know how to get you behind their hero and how to get you against the villains i think for me i'll start off strong with my First movie. So my first movie that I ever saw in theaters and still to this day has one of the strongest impacts on me as to why I became a movie fan was Toy Story. Oh, oh man. Toy Story. I could talk all day about this whole Toy Story series, but Toy Story 1. Uh, that I don't really remember it that well. I just remember 
always watching Toy Story again and again and again. I don't remember watching it that first time because I was born late 93 and Toy Story came out late 95. So I don't even know if I was two yet. And I just remember sitting there and my parents said I didn't move at all. I was just locked into this movie. Loved every minute of it. I just remember watching it over and over and over again as a kid. I loved it so much to the point of like, Music, when I hear the music from the soundtrack, as much as I'm not normally a huge Randy Newman fan, when I hear the soundtrack, uh, like from the opening of the movie, I can tell exactly what's happening from each little note because I've seen it so many times again and again because I love that movie so much. And that was more or less where my love of film started from. Of What a good movie for that to be my first one. I don't think I ever... Is it weird to thank my parents for that being my first movie? They're like, thank you. The <laughs> no, Toy Story not was the at first all. movie you saw took me to see in theaters and not like Bigfoot or something like that, whatever that crappy animated Bigfoot movie was. Yeah. Thank you for not taking me bad. to a quality movie as my first one. Yeah. I mean, I think that's entirely appropriate. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> for me and yeah like because my parents definitely they those because being that the the first two movies that i ever saw were iron will and man of snow river like my appreciation for good storytelling uh, that's what shaped my love of movies and that's why one of my favorite movies and one that is still gets to me these day the, to this day is uh perks of being a wallflower um it's very much a teenage movie. I don't know if uh, have you ever seen it? I have not actually, but Heather has seen it. Yes, it's so it's based off of a book and it was the first movie that I saw the trailer for and it was like based off of off of a book and the movie trailer got me kind of excited and I was like, "All right, well if it's a book, literally 2 minutes after that went bought the book on my phone and read it within like within the week." Which is um, amazing because you aren't normally a huge reader. No, I mean I've always been a, a huge reader. I just – but I that came out when I want to say either late high school or right before college for me. Um, so I wasn't – I didn't have a lot of time to read back then because like as a kid, like teenager, man, I, I went – I read the entire uh, Redwall series like – the entire series. I think it's like 13 books in a month. Yeah, so you're still I've, the only dude I ever know that brings up Redwall in conversations. It's gonna happen. They need to make a movie about it. Anyway, um, it'll never happen though. Nope. But Perks of Being a Wallflower um, is about this kid who doesn't quite fit in. And they hint very early on of like, he goes through a lot of stuff and he feels things differently. And the movie's very much about misfits and misfits and wallflowers basically and one of the characters describes that perfectly in that you see things and you understand and like i've always that movie i've never had a movie speak to me the way that that movie did uh in that i felt like physically felt and have gone through a lot of the things that the characters go through in that movie and to see these characters that this director has gotten me behind go through those same things as me. It, it just made me feel things that I hadn't felt before. 
and, uh, and again, so being that I'm very, I'm very much of a story based guy when it comes to cinema. And this was the first time that like a movie legitimately made me feel something other than, Oh man, I'm like, I really hope he crosses the finish line, you know, before everybody else, but like actual legitimate, like, sadness and and joy for a character that I had I've never met because it was Count Cump came from a place of of being very a very personal story. Hmm. I think I felt the same way and this obviously is one of the biggest impacts for me personally. I think I felt those same things when I saw The Dark Knight for the first time because yeah. up until that point I'd seen superhero movies, I'd seen a lot of movies, but it was almost always the same of like Good guy meets bad guy. Good guy has some adversity, but ultimately wins the day. Dark Knight is not that at all. Dark Knight is... I've tried to explain the Dark Knight to people that have never seen it. This movie is all... It's so different than everything else at the time. And everything else since then tries to emulate the Dark Knight. And it was the first movie, for me personally, that I walked away and couldn't stop thinking about after I saw it, for weeks and weeks, just analyzing it and just really thinking about it and giving deep thought to it of like, wow, why can't more movies be like that? Sure enough, there are other movies like that. I just didn't really know of it. It kind of made me really want to explore more than my usual movies of like, what else is out there? This movie really made me think. I, I like to think in movies, and that's something... I know my mom always gets bugged about when I go to the movies with her. It's just like, can't you just check your brain at the door when you see a movie and just enjoy it for what it is? I was like, I am enjoying it. That's why I'm thinking about it. Movies yeah. should engage your brain and make you think. That's that's what art does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's like, I think the running theme here for us is movies that have made us feel things we weren't expecting are the ones that impact us the most. Mm-hmm. I think it's also funny that um, when you're talking about a person being a wallflower and it was storytelling, I'm, you and I are big storytelling people and how it made you passionate about storytelling back to Iron Will and um, Man from Snowy River. Those movies are very story-driven. That kind of reflects, for those of you who don't know Josh, Josh is a huge wrestling fan just like I am, but he is pursuing more and wants more of the storytelling and wants more of I think that's kind of why you're drawn to that path in life because you like storytelling I love storytelling too I'm just pursuing it a different path than you are and I think that's awesome that both of us are kind of storytellers in our own rights absolutely and and that's what I think cinema can do and that's why I'll never I try to stay very positive about movies regardless how I feel about uh, we feel about why they're being made or who's making them looking at you space jam too. Um, because I've been wrong before I I've seen trailers f- for movies that I thought, yeah, that looks like it's just going to be a bunch of schmuck. Kung Fu Panda, and, Lego movie, John Carter, or my next one, uh, a secret life of Walter Mitty, the remake with Ben Stiller. Those trailers um, were weird, man. They were weird. I didn't. I didn't understand what was happening, um, and I. I didn't see this movie when it came out. No, I mean, granted, I don't think really anybody did. Oh no, this but, movie flopped hard. 
Yeah, it did. However, I think it, I was on net was on Netflix or something like that, and I was. I think we were at college, maybe, but I was just I happened to have a free evening, which we all everybody knows in college is very rare. And yeah, we watched movies like every weekend. Yeah, exactly. But um, I saw it and I was like, well, I mean, it's free and I'm not having to pay for it. So, you know, let's give it a try. Um, and that Secret Life of Walter Mitty blew me away. Um, it is no way a perfect movie, um, but it heavily entertained me. And because, and again, going back to that point, the way that they told their story and what the the point that they were trying to get across was so engaging and so interesting that like that movie makes me want to travel like legitimately makes me want to like i can't i listen to um to songs from that movie and literally i was like i got to i got to like book a trip to iceland or something like i got to go i want like, to florida <laughs> one of these days it's exotic one of enough these days. i know right it's um, its own country man <laughs> I mean, it really is. Wrong. Um, but like Ben Stiller is not one of my favorite actors. I don't think I'm not a big fan of a lot of the stuff he does. But the way he does, uh, he does Walter Mitty in this in this movie. It, like you get behind him because he's not a he's not like a bad dude, and he's not he's not weird. He just he's just. Quirking a little unique. Yeah, he's just really unique. And but then you they kind of they don't tell you the story of why he's that way, but they kind of give you most of it and then let you fill in the blanks. And then you kind of understand all of a sudden you start to understand why he has the daydreams, why he does certain things. Like, wow, okay, cool. And like, there was the first movie that I ever watched that didn't treat me like an idiot. Which is really easy to do. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, (laughs) both in cinema and in real life. Um, But it was the first movie to, that I watched that was telling its story without over explaining everything. I think on the flip side of that, I love how we're just segueing back and forth into each other's movies. One for me that changed everything for me and really never really explained everything that I needed to. And I think that's part of the appeal of it is Halloween. I, if you told me before college that I would be a diehard horror fan and I would love the genre, I would have laughed in your face and said, how did you get here from the future? Help me. Yeah. Because it's one of my weird paranoid fears that I'm going to run into my future self someday. (laughs) Or like a past self and I don't know it. It's super That's weird. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, Halloween for me, it's it's weird to say. I, it was Cody Manning. We've talked about this before in one of our Halloween episodes. That Cody Manning was our gateway drug to the world of horror. And it started with the first Halloween. The reason I never thought I'd be a horror fan is just growing up. I didn't like getting scared. I just didn't watch horror movies. My parents don't watch horror movies. That's just not their thing. Um I just didn't like getting scared. And even still to this day, I I don't mind getting scared. I don't scare easily because my brain is always going. It doesn't take a break. It can't it doesn't get scared really. But Halloween, it was something so radically different than anything I had experienced before. It made me hungry 
formal yeah. horror. But in doing so, it kind of opened my eyes to there's more things out here than what you know. Try. Just try some other things. It kind of made me want to go, okay, well, I've never given this a try. What about this? What about this? And through Halloween, I found some great, not just horror movies, but great dramas, some great other films that I probably would never have even given the chance to if it wasn't for me giving a chance to Halloween and that really paying off to not just opening the world of horror to me, which is a great category that gets overlooked by people a lot because there's a lot of schmuck in hall in horror, but there's some fantastic storytelling if you can find it. But giving horror a chance, a genre that I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever try, giving me not, I don't know the courage, but giving me the willingness and kind of the desire to explore the genre of film and kind of check out other things that I previously wouldn't have checked out. Be like, all right, why not give this a shot? This a shot. Kind of staying, getting out of my film bubble and trying everything to kind of get a deeper appreciation for film. And be like, okay, this is how this does it. This is how this does it. Yeah. This is why it, this is different and why this works. And I really, I think it makes me appreciate film more getting perspective from different areas. And I love that. And all, that all came from Halloween. Oh, yeah, totally. And like it's it's interesting because it, it, that, that movie was the same thing for me. And I kind of knew you were going to felt like you were going to bring it up. So I didn't put it on my list. So but it did the same thing for me is that I would never have been the kind of guy to watch horror films but yeah it opened my eyes and now i think, can't get enough oh, of them maybe there's exactly and like maybe there's some stuff i'm missing and so like from then on like i almost never shoot down a movie almost never this is michael bay um <laughs> yeah but even then sometimes i get dragged into it and i'm like all right whatever we'll find the but it, it has caused me to figure out a way to try to find the best in all movies which is why you and I doing that 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 YouTube series all those years ago five about good five things. good things um, meant so much and was so easy for us is because we can appreciate all facets of a story, not just wow that acting was so weird, like it didn't make sense. But yeah, but the, the movie, the music was awesome. Yeah, but like the you know this character is fantastic. You know, like it's it helped open my eyes to all of the facets of film, not just like hey. Cars was really cool, and it was really bright. I enjoyed it. <laughs> but then, also, when they have those moments where it's like, oh, the cars were cool and the lights were cool, you don't ignore those either because there are times that you can just be like, this is mindless fun. This is entertainment. This is another side of movies. There's the art side of movies, and then there's the entertainment side. Sometimes Absolutely. you don't want storytelling in your wrestling matches. Sometimes you just want to see flippy stuff. It's the same exactly. for movies. Exactly. And an example of that would be Speed Racer. That that movie is stupid fun. <laughs> or the next one on my list that I'm sure both of us and millions and millions of other people around the world and thousands upon thousands of other filmmakers would absolutely have this on their most influential films to them, Star Wars. Yeah. Like, to me, Star Wars, I loved as a kid. I love them more as an adult because... It also, like Halloween, makes me appreciate other things. Like, for one of the big things that I love about Star Wars, more than any other movie, actually, except for maybe Lord of the Rings, is the use of music in storytelling. That's something yes. I never noticed as a kid. 
But once I, it was pointed out to me, I was like, oh, I need to see more of this and learn more about this. John Williams' use of music in Star Wars is so phenomenal of telling the story without literally telling you. You hear it without realizing it. Like, you can follow the story without any words being spoken or what isn't meant to be implied in a given scene. I love that type of storytelling. I love various types of storytelling. It's not necessarily what you see on screen that's what the director is telling you. I love different ways of telling different stories. Yeah. And obviously, Star Wars, dude. (laughs) Who hasn't been impacted by Star Wars? I don't know if I would be a movie fan if it weren't for Star Wars. Every year at Christmas, Star Wars was always on in my house to the point that my dad, for a while there, was like, we can't watch Star Wars at Christmas. It's on every year. (laughs) But I had all the toys. It was, I knew everything about Star Wars. Still to this day, I'll get at least one or two pieces of memorabilia from every Star Wars. I remember going out with my roommate Alex on Force Friday when Force Awakens was coming out and getting different merch because it had been so long since we had new Star Wars merch. Star Wars will always be a part of my life and a huge part of me. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with future generations. And it's, it's a huge part of a lot of people's lives. And it's hard to explain Star Wars in terms of its influence other than just saying Star Wars is Star Wars. Yeah. It's can't very say much unique. else than that. Exactly. And it's the, one of those films that, I, you and I appreciate it so much on so many different levels, but I have met people who have seen the original original trilogy, trilogy and don't get what the fuss is about, and that's they are, they're fine. not perfect. I'll admit that. Yeah. Oh, by by all means, but that's it, it's one of the few movies I'm okay with if you have the opposite opinion of me, as because it tells its story so well that yeah, like you Which, can like it or not because everybody's going to interpret it differently. That brings me to one of my favorite things about movies is discussions, obviously, yes. as we're doing here. But I, I like it more when people not necessarily want to argue, but may have a different opinion than me. And we are able to communicate in a way like I like when you disagree with me because we're able to be like, OK, what's your side of it? Here's my side of it. Let's discuss and have actual thought. I love that aspect of film because it's understanding someone else's point of view in a way that you wouldn't be able to express in un- any other medium of here's my thoughts. Here's how I feel. Let me tell you how what my thoughts are and how I feel about this. And we can kind of compare and see it through your perspective. I love that aspect of filmmaking. Oh, absolutely. Um, so my last couple ones on my list that I may, wanted to make sure I talked about were ones that shaped me as a person and less of my understanding of movies. Um, oh, yeah. Looking at your movies, I could totally see this. Yeah, absolutely. So the first two, I'm going to kind of three, more like it, are, I'm going to lump together because they're the same genre. Um, literally every Mel, Mel Brooks movie ever. And What's your both favorite? Of the air- oh. Yep. Young Frankenstein, man. Really? I don't know. I don't know why. And like, I and that's not a dig at any of the other ones because really all of them are pretty good. Um, but for Young Frankenstein, for some reason, it was one of the few that I can watch and I know every single word. Abnormal. 
Wait, was it your hump on the other side? What hump? I have a hump. Oh, man. Or just like the way that when, they, when they're talking about, when they mention the name of the, the housekeeper, like the horse's neigh and the, th- the thunder strikes every, every single time. It, it, it's just great. But, and to me, it's my favorite one. I think my um, favorite Mel Brooks is Prime Minutites. That's, 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 that's a close, comedy, that's period. A close second. I like reference it all the time. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think the Mel Brooks movies – and Airplane One and Two are oh, the airplanes re- really. Yeah, I at, at least at least the first one, um, really shaped me and a lot of my gener- our generations' uh, sense of humor, and just this idea that jokes can come from anywhere, and they don't always have to make sense to everyone because as long as they make sense to you, they're funny. And like I think you can attest to this. There's some times where I'm just by myself, and you'll come by, and I'm laughing my head off. And oh like, yeah, what's funny? It was you, dude. You laugh you at just, anything. I will, and it's because of these movies. Is I found a joy and a love of comedy, and that anything can make you laugh. If, you, if nothing is off limits, especially in these in the movies that I've named, like nothing is off limits. Um. It's it's that style of humor along with the Monty Python movies. It's just the uniqueness of comedy was something that shaped me as a person. Um, and then I'll, I'll finish up my my list and and we can kind of you know go on with yours. But um, the last one is a movie that I found uh, by accident. Um, I had just watched. <laughs> Uh, the the Bourne trilogy, and the the Bourne tr- trilogy was like the first set of action movies that I was allowed to see as a kid, because I was very sheltered. Um, which, by the way, is you know if you're going to break into action movies, it's a pretty solid choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like I was like so that style of shooting, uh, of shooting violence and um, you know hand to hand combat. Cam. Yeah, but. In, in its day, it, that was the pinnacle. Like, and even when you go back and watch it, it still holds up. Like the way that they use shaky cam makes sense. It's not like we're going to shake because we can, because loud things are moving fast. Like it makes sense. You can still make sense of everything. However, I was, I forget how I found it, but I was just kind of like roaming around for, action movies and i came across this movie called undisputed 2 and i was like well i can't seem for some reason find the first one or any of the ones after it so i guess i'll watch this one that's fine um and out of nowhere comes scott atkins and everything that is undisputed 2 and all of a sudden i fell in love with martial arts and with scott atkins and scott atkins um batman 2020 Anyway, um, <laughs> ain't gonna happen, man. Ain't gonna. Happen. It ain't gonna happen. I'll get him somewhere. There's a better chance of my boy Ewan McGregor being cast as Batman. <laughs> I mean, you ain't wrong. However, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Scott Atkins in a in a superhero movie any like within the next three years. No, oh, probably. Um, pro- he's perfect for a superhero or a villain. Really, I think he'd make a better villain. Um, however, 
like this movie changed how I saw action movies and changed me in, in a way of like, I fell in love with choreography. I fell in love with martial arts and just fighting and making something look good regardless of if it actually hurts or not, which is says a lot about what I'm doing now. Um, but the movie story-wise is very, very simple. You know, you gotta, it's, it's like death race. You're, you're in this competition and if you win, you get to, you know, go home free. Um, and the characters are not deep. (laughs) They're very like exactly what they present to present to you. Like there's nothing else to them. Um, (laughs) but the way, because you're just here for the fights. That's it. That's the only the only reason this movie is made, so somebody could choreograph, uh, do some fantastic choreography. Um, but it, yeah, it, it just shaped the way that I saw action films and shaped the way that I saw fights in general. Huh. I think my last two, because I I could probably go on forever and ever, but oh, same. I'm trying to narrow it down to just the. Just the key ones, I think. The last two are Superman-related films, and you could probably guess where they're going. I, oh, I already two, know one of them. Oh, I'm sure you can probably guess both of them. Both of them I, impact me for different reasons. One of them, because it always reminds me of the power of the theater-going experience and why I will mm. always choose in-theater than home-viewing anytime. Um, but before we get to that one, um, still to this day... I dedicate a whole video to it. The best freaking Iron... Uh, the best Iron Man. The best <laughs> freaking Superman movie ever made, The Iron Giant. I adored this movie as a kid. Still to this day, I love it. I love it even more as an adult, and I loved it a lot as a kid. Cartoon Network, back in the day, they would have The Iron Giant running for 24 straight hours. I don't know why. I watched probably at least six or seven of those hours. I was glued to this movie. And at the time, it was just a, oh, this is a fun movie about a kid and his robot. And now as an adult, I love this movie so much for the themes and the message of this movie. The animation is gorgeous. The performances are wonderful. And I just, this movie was so good. It was one of those, I had to watch it over and over and over again. It it was just so good. I don't think I fully appreciated it as a kid. I loved it as a kid, but now as an I I viewed it more just as a really good movie as a kid. Now I view it of like this is this is really well done from this technical perspective or this or this or this. And I just oh, Iron Giant is so so good and I always will remember watching it endlessly on Cartoon Network back in the good old days of Cartoon Network. Um but the other one that I will always go to as one of my favorite movie-going stories um, has to do with my dad. So we were, it was me, my mom, my dad, and my grandma. We drove out to Disneyland for like three or four days. We were living in Colorado at the time, so we drove all of us out to Disneyland, which is a long drive to begin with. But um, we were going to be gone during the release of Man of Steel, which I wasn't a huge Superman fan at the time, but I was like, comic book movies. I like Superman. He's cool. Um, and I was super excited. But I, I figured, hey, we don't normally go to the movies while we're on vacation because we could be doing other vacation-y things. We're in Disneyland for crying out loud. So we're walking around downtown Disney that had a movie theater. And I kept 
saying, oh, oh, I wish we could see the midnight showing. I wish we could see the midnight showing. It'd be so great to see the midnight showing of Man of Steel back when they still did uh, midnight showings for the movies. I'm, I'm really disappointed that's not really a thing anymore. Sure, you get the somewhat of the same vibe from like a 7 p.m. or whatever the first showing is, but the energy is yeah, not the same. And that's kind of my point of this not, whole thing. Is, it's nowhere near the same. Movie theater going experience is different than watching it at home, watching it with a great crowd, like watching The Force Awakens with a, an energetic crowd is something amazing. But getting back to my Man of Steel, um, uh, eventually my mom and dad were just talking. And they're like, he's going to be tired the next day. And my dad's like, I think he, he really wants to see it. And mom's like, if you see it, if he wants to see it, you're the only one going with him because I'm not staying up. And so I was like, dad, please. So sure enough, we got our tickets. We're kind of off. I remember it so vividly. We're kind of like off off center, almost in the aisle because we had like um, assigned seats. And we get there beforehand. We watch it at midnight showing. And it was just me and my dad. And it was so great because at the time it was a lot of Marvel, 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 Marvel movies. And it was great as a fan of DC Comics to just be like, now it's our turn to kind of come out of the woodwork and celebrate a lot of people were in Superman shirts, just super excited to be there, super happy, and it was just a great time. I didn't care about the critical divide of Man of Steel at the time. I didn't care about anything else. At the In the moment, it was people gathered together for one sole purpose, and that was to enjoy a Superman movie. I had such a great time. I remember walking back. We had to walk back to our hotel um, and it was probably about like a mile or two walk back from the theater. Like we had to cut back through down to Disney, through the Disney parking lot, through a couple streets to get back to our hotel. And dad was like, you can't complain about being tired in the morning because this was, this was our sacrifice. We had to stay up late. Neither of us were tired in the morning. And it was just such a cool experience of like, this was, we don't normally do this. This is something special. And I was so appreciative of my dad for letting me go that I got to go with him and experience that really cool moment with him. I'll always remember it super vividly of just us talking about the movie at 2.30 in the morning as we walk back to our hotel room. And that, to me, is why I think theater-going experiences are the most important thing about movies, of going in a dark room and watching it with 200 or 300 people that want to be there. If you don't want to see a movie... You're not going to be there. You, with movie ticket prices getting more and more expensive, it's cool to go somewhere with people that genuinely want to be there. And that energy, that vibe, that to me, that's what movies are all about. It's that feeling, that communal feeling of something unites us that we can all enjoy together. And if we don't, cool. We tried something. We got to experience something together. I love experiencing stuff with friends or family or I love experiencing that with my dad. I love going to the movies with my dad because um, he grew up reading comics too. He enjoys doing stuff like that. He enjoys going to the movies with me. Sure, as we get older, our movie tastes are starting to get a little different, but it's still great to be able to go like, hey, here's some things you should check out. Or, hey, I watched this. You would probably like this. I will never forget Man of Steel going with him. I just love the theater going experience. It's one of my favorites. It's something I love about film and it just it continues to inspire me as a film fan of just like, yeah, this is why people do it. This is why I love film and film culture as much as people whine and complain all the time about different things, Star Wars, DC, whatever else. You can complain all you want. At the end of the day, 
movies are movies. They're fantastic, and I love them. That's why I, I talk about them all the time because it's a great communal experience, talking experience, and it's just it's something that can bond people and people can talk about. And if people are going to argue and complain, I'd much rather them argue and complain about movies than the real world. That's my high horse as I catch my breath. <laughs> You're good, buddy. Whew. Hey, man. I mean, talking about movies is, gets, is, I mean, that's what you brought you and I together, and it's the reason Fight Club, we're doing man. the podcast. Fight Club. Oh, absolutely. I remember that well, man. Like all those moments at college, just being together, and well, even if it's like a just a group of us, or if it's just you and I, like movies is what brings a lot of people together, a lot of families together. I know several families that like that's their one thing they do a week together. Oh yeah, my family, we quote movies like nobody's business. If we don't quote at least one thing when we're together, something's weird. Like whether it's. Don't call me Shirley from Airplane. We do that one a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Or if my mom isn't asking me questions about the next Avengers movie, something's off. It's yeah. Movies have always been a part of my life. It's always been a part of my family's life, and I'm just always thankful to them that they brought me up in a movie home, and I'm so glad about that. And they, when I told them in college that I wanted to do something with movies, I don't know what my life is going to bring, but I know movies will always be a part of it. They're just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense because – You've always been a movie person. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, awesome. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad they brought me up in a movie home, and I hope to do that to my kids someday. Absolutely, because you're totally gonna have kids. I'm so happy for you. I, I, I mean, I already have you, but you kind of live Rude. far away. You're, you're the one I have to look after, even if you're like far off. That's mean. I have to confess. How's that, that mean? I tell you, I think I'm not a child. I'm a fully grown man. Didn't you say on the podcast once you just finished eating nuggets and mac and cheese? Look, okay. Anyway, so let's wrap this episode up. <laughs> Any last minute thoughts, nuggets, man? Nah, man. Speaking of nuggets, um, no, yeah. Like this is like this is what you brought you and me together. It's the reason for the podcast, and I'm glad that whether it was intentional or not, that we got to really share almost of a background of why you and I are such good friends and why we love movies so much. It's like the beginning of VeggieTales when it's like the why we do what we do. This is why we do what we do. Exactly. And I'm, I, I like talking movies. That'll never stop. People are always like, why do you talk about movies so much? Because they're the best. What Would you rather me talk about politics? Yeah. Which I know nothing about. And on that note, what are some of your favorite movie memories? We'd love to hear them. I love hearing people's movie stories. I just like hearing people's stories in general. Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, feel free to subscribe to us on whatever you're listening to us on, whether that be YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, whatever else. Be sure to subscribe. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.